0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Future Brew, our uh, Michigan football and basketball recruiting podcast here on amazingbrew.com. My name is Vaughn Lozon. Joining me today are my usual co-hosts, John Simmons and Steven Ossentoski. The band is finally back together, all three of us, but today we have a very special guest. Uh, generous enough to join us on this week's podcast is Bryce Marich, who is a recruiting insider over at the MichiganInsider.com. Bryce, thanks a lot for joining us today. How are you doing today?
1: Good, good. Uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Well, we appreciate you uh, joining us for today's
0: podcast. And it, it's quite an important one because going down the stretch here for the 2021 class, uh, we've, got, we've got a pretty big decision coming up this weekend with uh, Rocco Spindler, the in-state guard. He's a top 50 player, uh, highly coveted player uh, from the state of Michigan from Clarkston obviously plays a high school there with uh, teammate Garrett Dellinger who is already committed to LSU as you all probably know by now another top 100 kid so a big decision coming this weekend from Rocco he's down to a few finalists here Michigan obviously being one of them Notre Dame being another real big school Uh, he has uh, interest in Penn State as well as Ohio State and LSU. So Bryce, I'll just ask you real quick uh, to start off here. uh, Where are things heading here in this down the stretch? Obviously, just a few days left until he decides. Uh, It it sounds like Michigan's in pretty good shape, but it also sounds like Notre Dame is in really good shape as well. So as of today, how are you feeling? I know you've got your crystal ball in on U of M. Uh, Do you plan on changing that at all?
1: As of now, I'd probably say no. I'm going to stick with Michigan on that pick. Uh 315. like you said, in-state lineman from Clarkston, Michigan. I think it's down to Notre Dame, Michigan. Uh, both, it's tied right now um, in the crystal bar now for 24-7. Uh, he's the guy that he's still in that uh, deliberation process. I know both staff, Notre Dame, Michigan, they both feel kind of good. But a little cautiously optimistic, um, so they're kind of they're they're kind of feeling it out, kind of waiting. They don't want to pressure the kid too much during this week leading up to his decision. Um, but at the same time, you know they're not going to forget about him. They're still going to reach out to him. So it's a big decision coming up. But I think as of now, I'm going to stick with Michigan. I think player development is going to push Michigan over the edge. I've said long before on our own podcast for twenty four seven that I kind of get a Braden McGregor feel to this recruitment. I'm not saying it's going to play out like Braden's, but I think in the end he's going to stay home and go to Michigan. But I'm not confident on that pick. I put in that crystal ball. I want to say like an over over a year ago, so it's not a fresh one. It's not. I I don't even know what my confidence level is on mine, but I would say right now it's not that high. So he could honestly. I want to say it's like 50-50, but if gun to head and I had to pick right now, I'd probably pick Michigan.
0: Yeah, it, it really seems like it is a 50-50 split at this point, um, not only just with the crystal balls, but just kind of where things are heading. Uh, one day it'll seem like Michigan's out in front. The other day it, it kind of seems like Notre Dame pushes right back and, and they get out ahead. John, I, I want to I, – I actually uh, – that's a really good lead-in, Bryce. I was going to ask John about this recruitment kind of – uh, seeming like Brayden McGregor-esque, and uh, is that kind of how you feel too, John? Where Where's your head at here with, with all that's been going on leading up to uh, this uh, commitment coming on on uh, Saturday?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think it makes a lot of sense. There's a ton of similarities between the two. Um, they're both in-state kids, but have Notre Dame as their, the top contender there, and I know last year during the McGregor uh, commitment, I was we talked a lot, Vaughn, and how I was super nervous about it and you were pretty confident he'd pick Michigan. So this decision has me even more uh, probably up in the air than McGregor's, which uh, kind of makes sense. There is a lot more consensus around uh, the general experts at 24-7 that McGregor was going to choose Michigan. So this one's a little uh, less certain, I'd say. And so it's kind of even more of a of a balancing act. But I I also think it's similar to how The two kids have kind of acted on social media. I think both kind of had a Notre Dame uh, kind of lean to the stuff that they post a lot. So I wanted to ask you, Bryce, about what you make of that. With in regards to Spindler, you know how he interacts with Notre Dame fans and commits and stuff on social media, and if there's anything to that.
1: You know, I I don't really look into relationships too much. I think sometimes they get overplayed. I know Michigan has good relationships with him. He talks with. Geo, uh, Raheem Anderson. He plays video games, Fortnite. Uh, Raheem told me when I went to go visit for a private workout earlier this summer. So he's got relationships on both sides. And I wouldn't really play, I don't really look too much into that. But I think, you know, obviously one relationship I think is really good. He's got Notre Dame's Jeff Quinn. Um, he's really established that relationship for months. He likes talking to him, they talk all the time. But the same can be said for Coach Warner. And on top of Coach Warner, he's got that impressive resume of sending guys to league, which I don't think Quinn has right now for Notre Dame. So it's going to be interesting. But in terms of relationships, I don't think that's going to be uh, the biggest deal for him.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with all of that. I, I kind of think that the relationship, it's kind of just a little bit. Uh, from time to time, but yeah, I mean, he's he's going to have good relationships with whichever top school uh, he's really interested in—Michigan, Notre Dame. I'm sure he's got good uh, uh, good conversations and things with with Penn State coaches and players as well. So, but leading into this uh, commitment here, it's finally going to die down this weekend uh, for Rocco Spindler. It may die down uh, pretty soon as well for another offensive lineman that Michigan's going after, Drew Kendall. It seems like they've been recruiting him. Uh, for a really long time as well and it it, reading Bryce's work Bryce has been doing honestly some really good work on uh, Drew Kendall and uh, keeping up with with the articles that Bryce has been writing about him Um, with given everything that's been going on it, it seemed like he wanted to commit months ago just never happened and then Rocco releases his decision date Drew Kendall's still kind of up in the air, it seems like. So, Bryce, I wanted to ask you, is Rocco's decision, like, the number one reason why Kendall hasn't committed to Michigan yet? And uh, do you think that a commitment will be coming uh, from Kendall soon to uh, his future school uh, soon after a Rocco commits?
1: Yeah, you had a good point. You know, I've been covering him pretty in depth um, for a couple of months now talking to him almost weekly and I just got the vibe of Michigan's definitely way out on the lead to the point of, I put a crystal ball on a while ago and I thought he was going to commit. That hasn't been the case. He's been inching closer and closer to a decision, but at the same time, I think like you mentioned, I think he's paying attention to the numbers and I think he understands who's left on the board. He's talked to me about interior offensive linemen. He knows how many Michigan has, kind of how many they would take. Um, and I think he's going to – honestly, at this point, I think he's going to wait for Rocco and see what Rocco does. And I – this is just my opinion. I have no intel on this. I'm not saying this is going to happen. But I feel like if Rocco goes to Michigan, Kendo will not be coming to Michigan. But if I feel like if Rocco doesn't go to Michigan and goes to another school, I think Kendo will come to Michigan. So – I don't think that's Michigan's choice. I think if they both really wanted to come, they would. But I think that's just kind of where they are with Kendo and Rocco, their mindset, probably more so Kendall. So he's taking his time. He's really considering all his options too. I know it's Boston College, uh, Penn State. He's looking at other schools too, Duke, Stanford. He wants to get out to Stanford. That's school he really likes, hasn't been able to, so – At this point, I think it's Michigan's to lose, but I think they could lose them if they get Rocco. So it's not – in my opinion, I look at this whole offensive line recruitment uh, recruiting as a win-win for Michigan. You know, If they could get one of these guys, that's great. It's a top 150 lineman either way. So you can't really complain. Um, But, yeah, I think he is kind of waiting and seeing what Rocco's going to do at the end.
0: That's kind of a vibe that I got too from this whole thing because it really seemed like a commitment was coming. I, I want to say I just the way that things were playing out and the things that I was reading, it really seemed like a commitment was going to come sometime in May or June from Drew Kendall, and it just kept getting pushed back, kept getting pushed back, and then Rocco released his decision date, and all of a sudden, yeah, I kind of just it seems like he's, waiting on Rocco to uh, commit somewhere and yeah you you brought up Stanford being a school that he likes and I believe he's a legacy to Boston College so they're kind of like one of the the constants in his recruitment as well I want to bring Steven in too to uh, discuss all this offensive line recruiting here Uh, obviously if if Rocco commits to let's say Notre Dame and Drew Kendall ends up coming to U of M that uh, like Bryce said that really is a win-win just given the fact that they're both top ranked kids uh obviously Rocco's in your backyard so you'd probably prefer to have him but uh not really a consolation prize to bring in the number 126 overall player in the country and the number eight overall guard as well and he's he stands 6'4 255 so he's gonna have a lot of work to do in in the strength and conditioning program at U of M if he were to commit to U of M uh, but yeah, Steven, uh, again, not really much of a consolation prize here. This would be a pretty big win for U of M to reel in uh, Drew Kendall if they do miss on uh, Rocco Spindler.
3: Yeah, it's pretty incredible that he's ranked as high as he is, given that he still has, you know, a little bit of work to do in the weight room. He still can sure up his technique. Usually these guys, I feel like you see them closer to the 250, 300 range where they're, you know, top notch prospects, but especially being on the inside, he is a lot of work to do and that just speaks to how uh how high his ceiling really is. Uh despite being two fifty five, he, he's, you know, clearly a four star. He's, you know, a couple, you know, fifty spots away from five star status. So being that undersized and that uh and, and from the northeast, you just don't really see that sort of ranking. So like you said, that's that's really um not a constellation prize I would take this guy uh, in a heartbeat and is crystal balls thankfully are all five or sixes for Michigan and and no one else it'll be interesting to see uh you know Bryce you can you can attest to this or not if he's been waiting this long for a um you know for the numbers and figuring out what his uh early playing time would look like or you know just how other schools are filling up um you know is he gonna follow his dad who's a 13-year NFL vet and go to Boston College or, you know, he has Duke, he has Stanford interest, as you said, or Dartmouth even as an offer, so he's a high academic guy, so um, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, but it's also pretty interesting. They're, they're two very different offensive guard prospects. They're the same height, but you got uh, Rocco who's a mauler right now. He's 315. Yeah. Um, you'll have to watch his weight a little bit, and then for Kendall, there'll be a little bit of a project but still both, you know, right around the same ranking. So it's, it's pretty, yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that, man. It, it certainly is exciting for U of
0: M, uh, especially given the haul that they've already brought in on the offensive line. There's a lot to be excited about moving forward. Um, you know, I know that Ed Warner got a lot of flack uh, as a recruiter at some of these other schools that he's been at, whether it's Notre Dame or Ohio State or wherever, but he's done really good work at U of M and uh, you would expect that to continue uh, moving forward. But Transitioning to another offensive player here, uh, uh, another guy that I wanted to ask Bryce about was uh, Donovan Edwards, obviously another big in-state guy, uh, number 34 overall on the composite, the number three ranked running back. Arguably, you could say that he is the top ranked running back uh, in this class. Uh, 5'11", 190 from West Bloomfield. Pretty much all the crystal balls are in on U of M at this point. Uh, but he's been open to other schools. Uh, He's taken a visit to Georgia, and I know that he is uh, communicating quite a bit with the Oklahoma coaching staff. So Bryce, where is Michigan at in this recruitment? In my opinion, just reading up on everything, and I've spoken with Donovan a couple times, I I think it's going to be U of M at the end of the day. I I wouldn't really be too worried about this one if I were a a Michigan recruiting fan following all this stuff, but you still do have to worry about Georgia and Oklahoma and uh, some of these other top-ranked schools that have offered him. But uh, in my opinion, U of M is uh, probably out in front here. What do you say, Bryce?
1: You know what? I'd probably agree with you on that assessment. Um, I got a crystal ball in for Michigan. I want to say I might have been the first one for the Michigan crystal balls to be put in. That was quite a bit ago. Um, He's gotten like Kendall and Spindler, though. He's probably going to take his time. He wants to take his visits. You mentioned some of those schools, Oklahoma, uh, Alabama. I know he wants to get out to a couple other schools. And so he still wants to get out there. But, you know, if they don't have a season and if you can't really make these visits unless they're dead visit or dead period visit, which means kind of these self-guided visits. And, you know, you're not having – you can't really talk to the coaches. You can't really see anyone. It's kind of tough. You can't get that full experience. Whereas at Michigan, he's been there several times. He's got a really good relationship with all the coaches. I mean, every coach too. got a good relationship with all the commits. And, honestly, I think in this recruitment, Michigan has done a fabulous job in terms of their recruiting approach, not pushing him, really prioritizing him, saying, you're our guy. We're going to wait for you. No rush. You know, the class is filling up, but don't worry. You have a spot. You are our guy. You are the centerpiece of our class. And I think that's resonating with him. I think that's playing a big deal in his recruitment. I know Ohio State really pushed for him. Some of these schools have kind of pushed. And Michigan's been the mainstay throughout his whole recruitment. So I think in the end, like you said, I think Michigan will win this one. He's a local guy. He's got a couple of teammates up there. So there's a lot of there's a lot of um, arrows pointing towards Michigan's favorite, and I like Michigan in this.
0: Yeah, Michigan's got a lot going for him when it comes to this recruitment, especially considering that they don't have another running back uh, commit in this class. Uh, he would probably be the only one uh, to, to come in to this 2021 class, and they'd probably look to – to take a couple in 2022. I know there's a lot of really good running back prospects in that class, uh, but that is a conversation to be had another day. John, I wanted to talk to you just about that fact, that Donovan Edwards probably would be the one running back guy to come into Michigan for 2021. uh, Because at this moment in time, options are running pretty slim here, so uh, Michigan better hope that they do land Edwards uh, if that is the case.
2: Yeah, I think – that originally it looked like they were going to take two, but then as the the cycle went on, Donovan Edwards just kind of took up more and more of the spotlight. Um, I know they they did just send out their the official visit to or the official offer um, on August first to Tavier Dunlap, the running back from Texas, who I think they really like too. And so uh, I think he's probably the the next guy up if they miss on Edwards. Um, so I think they're not putting all of their eggs in that basket, but it, it's pretty much. Uh, laser-focused on Edwards at this point. Um, if they end up missing on him, they'll probably push for Dunlap. You know, guys like Alton McCaskill or uh, a couple others still on the board that they could go after. But uh, I think if it's anyone but Edwards in the class, it would kind of be a disappointment at this point.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think you pretty much got to go all in. I, I Like you said, I, maybe they don't have all the eggs in the basket, but in my opinion, they probably should, um, especially – given that he's a top 50 player, borderline five-star right in your backyard. Lots of connections there. So uh, hopefully good news comes for Michigan whenever Donovan Edwards decides to announce his commitment. So I want to wrap up this conversation here uh, with uh, Bryce Marich with a couple guys on defense and uh, specifically defensive tackle. And I know that uh, defensive tackle is a position that U of M fans definitely want to see some improvement at. And I think if there is a 2020 season to be played, I think there will be improvement. Uh, But specifically on the recruiting trail, I know that people are crazy about D tackles and uh, whether they weigh 300 pounds or not. (laughs) But uh, let's talk about a couple of these guys. One of them also being in Michigan's backyard in Oak Park, Rayshawn Benny, top 200 kid. 6'5", 275. He's a two-way lineman, but Sean Nua is leading the way there. They want him on defense. And then George Rooks being another top 200 guy. Uh, he's 6'4", 260 from Jersey City, New Jersey. couple crystal ball predictions for Michigan there as well. So Bryce, what, what are you hearing about these guys' recruitments? Do you think that Michigan would take both? Uh, it kind of seems like maybe... Maybe at this point, it's one or the other, kind of like it is on offensive line, Um, uh, and especially given that they've already got a few D-line recruits uh, committed to the 2021 class. So uh, do you think they'd take both, or do you think it's a one or the other situation here?
1: First off, I want to just say, well, if a lesson recurring, nothing is certain. So uh, what I could say now could change a minute from, you know, what I just said, but I think if those were the two guys you told the Michigan staff and said they want to come, Michigan will welcome them with open arms. Those are two top four-star guys, both guys that I think could make an impact. I, I mean, honestly, I've been saying this too. I think Rashawn Benny is maybe one of the top overall targets left for Michigan. I think yeah. he's probably even higher than Rocco Spindler. Michigan has recruited that uh, offensive line extremely well. So let's say they were to miss on Rocco and you get a guy like Drew Kendall, you can wait develop him and just let him grow and build and go through that strength conditioning program. Whereas Rashawn Benny is a 6'5", 275. He's definitely going to get bigger. I've seen him play. He's an elite player. He can play on both sides, but they like him on defense. It's work, it works out because that's where Michigan wants him as well. So and that's where he prefers. Um, but yeah, he's a guy that I think... If you're looking at the board right now, you know, he's not as high as Donovan Edwards or, you know, Rocco Spindler. But in terms of position and state need, um, just the school he's at, I think he checks all those boxes and he would be a huge land. So he's a good guy. They really want George Rooks. Um, He's got that legacy to, uh, I want to say Syracuse. I want to say his dad played there. But his sister went to Michigan. She got her master's there. So he's got a tie to Michigan. He's been to Michigan several times. Um, Both of these guys have taken dead period visits um, where they took those self-guided visits to Michigan. I know they both really enjoyed it. So those are guys they would love to end. And I like, like you asked if they both wanted to come, I think they would make it work and they'd both take those guys.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking as well, just given the talent of those two guys. And uh, you're going to have to get some uh, already ready guys at defensive tackle because a few of these guys that they've taken uh, kind of seemed like a a, a couple years in the making, they would develop their bodies and then uh, start out at D tackle. But obviously Aaron Lewis transferring kind of changes the way that uh, they go about recruiting the position. So, Steven, I wanted to bring you back in as well. Uh, again, if they miss on one of these guys but uh, hit on another one, it certainly would not be a consolation prize whatsoever. But two really talented guys left for Michigan on defensive line in this class uh, would be a really good way to shape uh, the D-line moving forward if they were to get one or both of those guys.
3: Yeah, yeah Michigan's in good standing. I, I like that. Uh, while I do like the approach Michigan's taken of having uh, some strong side, strong side defensive end prospects that could likely grow into the position. These are guys that are almost surely already at the defensive tackle position. So that's what excites me most. Where um, you know, while there's still still might be some work on them, uh, they're going to be initially slotted at that, that that position. So there's not a whole lot of you know what position will they grow into or, or you know where will they end up. Uh, both with Benny and George Rooks they're surely defensive tackle prospects and Bryce want to get your input there on um, do you kind of agree with that where obviously Michigan's had some some guys move on and and a little thin at that uh, at that position is that a case for either one of these recruits where they're looking at the depth chart and and see early playing time or is this just a case of uh, it happens to be the right right guys at the right time?
1: I think it's a combination of both. I think you're onto something there. I think they do. A lot of guys nowadays look at the depth chart. They want to see, you know, they want to play as, as you know, as soon as possible. And I think obviously with Michigan, they have some young bodies in there, but at the time, unproven young bodies. So I think right now Michigan has talked to Rooks about playing on the outside. I don't, is the Aiden Hutchinson position kind of on that um, side, but I, project him to play inside. I can't see him playing anywhere else but inside from Michigan. And with Benny, he's definitely going to be inside. So I think it's a combination of both those. Um, but, yeah, I think depth chart does help Michigan a lot, both these recruitments, and especially just, you know, proximity home and being familiar with the campus in terms of, you know, Benny obviously being local, but Rooks having his sister going there and been to a game, been to just some um, – just normal day visit, seeing the campus with students around. So he's seen it all as well, despite being from New Jersey. So I think that helps as well.
0: Yeah, I I think at the end of the day, Michigan can't go wrong with either one of those guys if one of them decides to go elsewhere. Um, Bryce, I really appreciate you hopping on the podcast today. Real good stuff. And uh, plug yourself uh, for the listeners. Where where can they find you uh, on Twitter? And uh, where, where can they find your work at?
1: I am on Twitter as Bryce, B-R-I-C-E, Marich, M-A-R-I-C-H on Twitter. And I'm on the Michigan Insider on 24-7. So definitely check a look, take a look at us. Um, I know you guys do a great job as well on brew. So I love what you guys got going on over there as well.
0: Well, we appreciate that, Bryce. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, go follow Bryce's work. He, he does real solid work slinging crystal balls. Uh, in in favor of the good guys uh, most of the time hopefully at least uh, John where can they find you on Twitter my friend
2: at Simmons underscore John
0: Stephen Astoski where are you on Twitter?
2: at Steven
3: Toski
0: And you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon be sure to follow Maize and Brew also at Maize and Brew give Maize and Brew a like on Facebook and Instagram be sure to rate and subscribe to all of the podcasts here on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Again, thanks to Bryce for uh, taking some time here to speak with us about some of uh, Michigan's top 2021 guys left on the board. Uh, Until next time, go blue.